say dandy of a ball game? I think you did. What's the... Who is that going back to? Is that is that a Keith? What's his name? Didn't he say it's going to be a dandy of a time? A dandy of Keith? What was his name? Keith? Keith, Keith? Jackson. Yeah, Keith Jackson. I went blank. The only name that would come to my head was Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> that one, so right? <laughs> How do these things pop into our heads? I don't know. It is scary. <laughs> Here's our surprise faces. You ready? One, two, three. It's time for the Brew and Shavers Sports Podcast. Coming at you every week to talk all the things that make us love sports. The games, the rivalries, and of course, the personalities. The Mart. I almost said the March, man. I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to go to the Walmart. Uh, I like indefinite articles, okay? <laughs> Can we just start over? Absolutely. We are starting over, Darren. It's a brand new week. It's a brand new episode <laughs> here at your favorite sports podcast, at least Darren and I's favorite, the Brewers right. Shavers Sports Podcast. Right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, watching, however you choose to join us each week. We are so glad that you are here, and we want to jump right into the headlines, Darren. We do have some big headlines. Last night, we had a ferocious storm come through our neighborhood. Yes. I think it hit other parts of Northwest Louisiana, but for some reason it targeted our neighborhood with a vengeance. <laughs> it took right into, just moved right into next door to you, did it? <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the night, as I'm watching the rain increase in its velocity, I noticed there's this big flash of bright light <laughs> and a thunderous boom almost simultaneous with the flash of, of lightning. And I look out the back window because something got hit. And it was this tree we have in our backyard. And I watch it as it tumbles to the ground, much like I watch Notre Dame's national championship hopes <laughs> tumble to the ground because they could only get 10 defenders on the field in a goal line stand against Ohio State. <laughs> Well, you're, you're very accurate in that. But first of all, let's just recap a few things. Nature really seems to kind of take its shots at you, whether it be ants, lizards, lightning, trees. Uh, nature seems to be kind of kind of gunning for you at times. I, I got to say, I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but most importantly, limited damage. Everybody's okay. All, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very, very and good. as far as the whole nature thing, you know, it's it's a wild world, baby. That's right. I'd almost rather deal with the fallen tree than ants, if we want to be honest. Ants and wasps. Yes. <laughs> yes. Maybe one of our, our viewers or listeners can someday tell me what the purpose of fire ants is. <laughs> it won't be me because I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, another headline. And Darren, I, you, you brought this up and I thought this was incredible research taylor swift was not present at a single sec game not one sec game was she in the box so just as much coverage as she's got for how much she obviously loves football thought it might be important for us to mention the fact that <laughs> even though she obviously loves football a lot she was not at any sec football games so yeah. just i thought our, our listeners and viewers would want to know 
So love him or hate him, Bill Belichick has this deadpan manner about himself <laughs> when he mm-hmm. says something. He was asked about Taylor Swift oh, really? being at the game watching Travis Kelsey, <laughs> and he said, well, he's made a lot of big catches in his career. I guess this would be the biggest. <laughs> That's fantastic. I had not heard that yet. That's very, very good. (laughs) Let's get into our week four takeaways where Darren and I share each three takeaways that we have from the previous weekend of college football. So, Darren, let's start with you. What was your first takeaway from the weekend? Well, my first takeaway is I'm I'm very, very tired of hearing about Pac-12 quarterbacks and how they're automatic Heisman hopefuls. You know, you know, I, I get it that USC has their their thing with you know Caleb Williams and Bo Nix. Oh goodness, Bo Nix can throw a football in Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good one. Good. Come but, on. Come on. Come on. Bo Nix is the one I heard the most about this weekend. And I just want to say if Bo Nix's numbers were put into the SEC, he wouldn't even be top five. Oh, just saying. Bo the Nix job. has eleven hundred and sixty nine passing yards. Jaden Daniels has 1,296 passing yards, 12 TDs, two interceptions. Spencer Rattler has seven TDs, two interceptions, 1,242 yards. And Dylan Gabriel, who is Oklahoma, which we've already pulled into the SEC in spite of what everybody else says, is at 78% completion, 12 TDs, one interception, 1,227 yards. So he wouldn't even be top three. And in the Pac-12, they can't help but talk about how much he's doing to, to be considered for the Heisman. I, I, I don't get it. I, I'm, I'm SEC quarterbacks. When you play in this league, where there's actually defense. Well, maybe with the exception of Mississippi State and South Carolina, but that's a different conversation. When most of the time there's defense, and you still put up the kind of numbers that, that these guys do, I, I, I'm tired of hearing about Bo Nix and Caleb Williams. So SEC quarterbacks, if you want to talk about a quarterback, that's where it should come from. That's my wow. that's my opinion, and it ought to be yours. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks. The punch to seal the deal. That's right. It's a complete knockout by Darren Shavers. The art of boxing right there. <laughs> What's your first takeaway? <laughs> I'm just uh, amazed. I thought <laughs> I'm watching a, a the podcast version of Rocky Balboa. <laughs> <laughs> what was the... Uh... What, what, you remember the Nintendo boxing game? You remember the uh, Mike Tyson's punch out? Was yes. that what it's called? What was it? Glass Jaw Joe? <laughs> I just took out Glass Jaw Joe with the back 12. But anyway. <laughs> did you ever get to Mike Tyson in that game? I think I did once. once. Maybe. How long and, did you last? Oh, I think like eight, nine seconds. Something. It was something ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what was the 90-second fight that Tyson had on pay-per-view? Who, who was that against? He just totally. Oh, there was. I was in. We were in high school, Dan. Yeah, we were, and I can't remember. I, Buster Douglas is the one that beat him, right? Came out of nowhere and beat him, and they're right. Yeah, but I can't remember. There were several that I remember. He, he fought a, a boxer one time from from um, England, and it was like eighteen seconds, twenty seconds, something like that. He hit him like twice, and the guy that as Mike Tyson himself said, "He's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth." Right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. So my first takeaway. I'm sticking with the Star Wars theme, and that means I'm going to talk about the Missouri Tigers and head coach <laughs> Eli Drink with. Nice. Bring it in. Bring it in. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Guess what? They're 4-0. and That's right. 
and they are heading to Nashville to face Vanderbilt this week, which means they're going to be 5-0. and Yeah, I got my five. There we go. <laughs> How about Brady Cook at quarterback, Luther Burden at wide receiver. Man, they're clicking. Don't underestimate Missouri right now. They are they are trending in such a good way. I, I think this could be a very good team. It's still undecided right now, but they're they're trending that way. I tell you what, Luther Burden is, as the as the young kids say, he is a dog. That dude can play ball. <laughs> He's been very, very impressive. I think defensive linemen everywhere now despise you for, for by re, referring to a wide receiver as a dog. <laughs> you might be right. I might have some linemen that aren't impressed right now. You might be right about that. <laughs> I just saw it pop up. We're losing we're losing viewers right now. Our defensive lineman demographic just took a hard nose. <laughs> All the guys we gained from the Star Wars reference, we just lost. We just lost. It went it went further south than uh, Vanderbilt's passing percentage. Oh, Aaron, sorry, I, I know you're a Vanderbilt <laughs> fan, but you've got to deal with this pain and hurt in a constructive way, man. All right? This is not the way to do it, okay? I, I thought the constructive way was us talking about it Dude, week after week. <laughs> hurt people hurt people. Well, I am doing some hurting. <laughs> How about your second takeaway? Um, uh, speaking of hurt people, hurt people. Let's just <laughs> go ahead <laughs> and get it out of the way. How about big game lane? Everybody that thought he was going to be able to actually do it and upset Alabama this year, raise your hand. Oh, just me. I'm the only one that has my hand up. <laughs> Goodness gracious. And you know what, Lane? You won't do it to me again. I'm just going to – this is this is where it ends. You're not pulling me back in with your popcorn talk and your good fuel. And I'm just – I will not fall for you again. And here's why. You are now 0-5 against uh, Alabama and Nick Saban, and you are, as the Ole Miss head coach, you are 5-7 and seven against top 20 teams. you got to lose the record in games to count. I, you're just you're not going to pull me in again. As I heard a caller on a call-in show say earlier today, you will no longer refer to him as Lane Kiffin. He is going to refer to him as Lane Whiffin because he always whiffs on the big games. So I think I like that. Big game Lane is gone. Lane Whiffin can't win when he plays a top-20 team. So I, I will not make that mistake again, especially in a big game. You are – you are laying blows on everybody, man. You came fired up today. What what happened? Coming with the thunder. What happened, man? It's the storms. They got me messed with up. your Wheaties this morning. Clark Lee. All right, let's move on. <laughs> What's your second takeaway, Ben? I'm going to go with South Carolina. We talked mm. last week, at least I did. I mentioned they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. But when you get to looking at where they are right now, their only two losses, yes, they are two and two, but their two losses are two undefeated teams, Georgia and North Carolina. I think we need to step back and, and maybe reevaluate the South Carolina team. They have a huge test this Saturday. They're going to Knoxville. That's going to be a tough, tough environment. We're going to find out a lot about South Carolina. Are they legit mm -hmm. or do we just going to see glimmers here and there? Are they going to beat the people they're supposed to beat and keep losing to the to the people who they, they need to beat in order to bring the program up another level. Man, you know what? That's a really great, because I mean, you've talked oh, about. You're a Vanderbilt fan. You have no idea about bringing <laughs> programs up another level. 
I, I know how to I know how to sink them sink them like a ship. I can do that. <laughs> but you know, you've talked about South Carolina and Missouri both, and you're talking about exceeding expectations. Now, for their fan bases, maybe not. But when you look at kind of what the expectations were, there was a little bit of fear, intimidation because you've got to change in offensive coordinators for both teams. You got a lot of stuff going on. I think there was some concern, and both of those teams. Even though, like you said, South Carolina's got two losses. Look at where we are now and who those two losses are to. Are to I think those two teams are really kind of showing something. It's going to be interesting as we strictly are in conference play and, and competition level picks up, what's that going to look like? It's going to be interesting to watch both those teams. Yeah, it will be. will be. How about your third? All right. You said, you said I came in swinging. I'll just keep swinging. Texas A&M, College Station. If you can figure out how to keep Bobby Petrino between lines instead of Jimbo and keep Bobby off of his motorcycle, uh, <laughs> you are going to have some amazing things happen at Kyle Field. I think the way that uh, Max Johnson played and, and what we've seen uh, from the starting QB, I'm like, I guess I got so excited about my motorcycle line. Uh, Kyle. Connor. Connor, Connor Wigman. Wigman. Connor Wigman. What you've seen from both of them this season compared to last season, I, I think you can discuss Bobby Petrino as maybe being the QB whisperer because there's definitely been a, an upbringing play from both those guys. Because I honestly think regardless of what you saw from Max Johnson at LSU, last year, same scenario, he comes in, it does not look the way it did uh, Saturday. I think he has shown an improved uh, grasp. The, the The offense is more within his control. And, and you saw more confidence from him as, as he stepped onto the field yesterday than you saw at any point uh, prior. I, I think you got to give Bobby Petrino some serious, serious props for not only what he's doing with an offense, but what he's done with those quarterbacks. I, it's it really looks impressive so far. I think A&M is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I agree. They, they corrected the mistakes from the Miami game. The defense is playing incredibly well, mm-hmm. and as well as the offense is doing. Uh, don't don't sleep on A&M. I agree completely. Uh, you know, LSU's got to keep doing what they're doing because I, I think you've got a, a real fight as, as long as A&M continues to improve. I mean, you've got a pretty serious fight between A&M, LSU, and Alabama for the top of the West this year. Could be, potentially. I think you're right. And so what's your you haven't done your third takeaway, right? What's My your third, third takeaway is a public service announcement. So I know guys do things in the heat of the moment when there's a lot of adrenaline still flowing through the bodies, particularly after a big win on the road like Oklahoma had against Cincinnati. They <laughs> took everything Cincinnati threw at them, including cans of chili. <laughs> and they came out with the win. But how about uh, Jonah? Laulu, I hope I, I said that right, and Desan McCullough, who on the field after the game each had a can of Skyline Chili. Now, if you don't know what Skyline Chili is, it is a chili that is is unique to Cincinnati. It actually was uh, the creation of a Greek immigrant who started a restaurant in Cincinnati. And when I was going to grad school there, I used to eat in that, that original restaurant. And so some some people love Skyline Chili. It's not chili like Texas chili. That is correct. And if you think it is, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Very disappointed. It's almost got a little <laughs> sweet taste to it. But it's a, it's a um, it's it's basically a, a Greek style. It was, it was developed by our 
created by a Greek immigrant. And so it has a unique flavor to it. And it's typically put on spaghetti uh, mm-hmm. noodles. That you can add cheese and onions and beans or whatever you want to add. Well, a couple of the OU, oh, we just mentioned that, didn't I? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, You're still cutting up a tree in your backyard. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't sleep last night, did I? <laughs> well, they decided they were going to chug Kansas Skyline chili. Mm-hmm. It didn't go very well because mm-hmm. nobody does that. And you could see on their faces like, this is the most disgusting thing ever. And I'm watching it thinking, where are your mothers right now? <laughs> Who told you this was a good idea? Come on. You just had a great win. I know you're trying to say, hey, yeah, we own Cincinnati. But guzzling cans of Skyline Chili is not the most productive way to do that. <laughs> throw, a, throw a Reds hat on the ground and stomp it. That, that's how you show you all. You they don't may, try to chug some Skyline Chili. I just can't see Cincinnati people being offended by that. You chugged a can of Skyline Chili? <laughs> That says more about you than it does us. <laughs> well, I was going to get my opinion of Skyline Chili, but that whole started by a Greek immigrant opened that. I, I would just feel mean now. So I'm just That's not going right. to say anything about Skyline Chili. You say anything Chili. negative now, you'll be a horrible person. See, I'm just going to leave it alone. Good for him for creating Skyline Chili it's in that part restaurant. of the American dream, man. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm very good with it. <laughs> Well, I'm very good with moving on to This Week in Sports History. Let's go there. September 30th, 1939, NBC Television broadcast college football for the first time. The game was between Fordham University and Waynesburg University on W2XBS. The game was a milestone in the development of the sport and its popularity among the American public. It was also a demonstration of the potential of television as a medium for entertainment and education. The game attracted an estimated audience of between 500 and 5,000 people who watched the game on about 400 television sets in New York City. Fordham, a powerhouse football program at the time, won the game 34-7, led by their star quarterback, Johnny Drews. The game featured several innovations, such as slow-motion replays, sideline interviews, and aerial views from a blimp. The first college football game on TV was a historic event that paved the way for the future of the sport and its media coverage. It was also a showcase of the technological and cultural advancements of the time. Oh, thank you. Let's move to our sports pick 'em, the games we pick every week, and we encourage you to join us in this every week as well. Yes. It's more fun, more people participate. Absolutely. And I'm joined here by my co-host Rocky Marciano, who <laughs> continues to deliver haymakers to coaches and players and teams and programs alike tonight. He's sparing no one. Hide the women, hide the children. <laughs> Do not let them watch any more of this podcast because Darren is out of control. I thought you were going to call me Rocky Balboa. I was already getting into my best. Yo, Adrian, but you didn't. I didn't. So never mind. That's even better. That's, that's great. I like it. Can you do that again? 
Yo, Adrian. That's my best impersonation. That's all I got. <laughs> well, what do they say about uh, picking? You can pick your nose, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friend's nose. That's very, very accurate. That's, that is a truth of life right there. That's <laughs> so, yes, let's go ahead and look at the leaderboard because, oh, my goodness, again, Darren Shavers is, is in first place. Are you serious? Well, and as we learned two weeks ago, I do not say the words, my goodness, the way, because that still don't know where that came from. But if you notice, I am not, uh, I am still atop the leaderboard, but not in sole possession of first place. Paul has joined in first place this week, and we have to give him props because not only did he jump into first place, but he jumped into first place by having perfect picks. He picked all nine games correctly. You can't beat that. It's the first time this season it's happened. So, you know, you pick all nine games correctly, you jump up. So there we are, myself, Paul, and then you, sir, still there, right there toward the top. And Zach uh, is is there tied with you. So pretty nice leaderboard. Yeah, I, I'm so impressed. Paul pitched the perfect game. He threw a perfect game. That's correct. Well, let's make some picks now. And let's see how Paul does this week. That's right. See if he can get all nine again. Oh, look at that. There's our records. Oh, what? That's, uh, but I, I, we we talk about this every week, but I would just like to point out, I'm, I'm only ahead by one game. <laughs> so it's not really this big difference. <laughs> For those of you out there who are dreaming of one day of starting a podcast, which <laughs> is really not that hard to do, you just sign up and you start it. Exactly. Make sure that your co-host is not also the producer of the show because you will get graphics like this when he is doing well. See, I've got to make a note of this moment. That's a challenge to see if I can up the graphics. That's what. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's do our picks. We have the 22nd ranked Florida Gators traveling to Lexington to face the favored Kentucky Wildcats led by head coach Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops, Billy Napier. Two, two excellent coaches going head-to-head here. Darren, who do you like in this matchup? You know, I really like what Kentucky's doing. I think they showed a very impressive um, accomplishments on the offensive and the defensive side of the ball against Vanderbilt. You know, they had two pick sixes by the same player. It's pretty impressive. Uh, their their um, passing game looked a little bit better, still not exactly what you expected. Uh, with with Devin Leary coming in. But that being said, I think anytime you have a favored underdog, you at least got to consider that. And, and I think Graham Mertz is, is the secret here. I think if he plays out of his mind, this is a game Florida can win because I think their defense can do something about that Kentucky offense. So so I'm going to go with the, the upset here because, like I said, it's a ranked underdog, and I'm going to take Florida in this one. How about you, Ben? I agree with you, Darren. Uh, I like Florida. I, I think Lexington's going to be rocking for this game. Definitely. It's going to be a good game, but in yep. the end, I think the Gators pull it out. Texas A&M facing Arkansas in their annual game at Texas Stadium in Arlington. The Aggies are putting the pieces together, offense, defense. They're, they're rolling right now. Arkansas had an Incredibly strong showing against LSU. Very much, much so. closer than, than people thought. KJ Jefferson played an incredible game. If that KJ Jefferson shows up for this game, we're going to be treated to a dandy of a ball game. Yep. Who you like, Darren? 
Uh, you know, say, Dandy of a ball game. I think you did. What, what's the? Who is that going back to? Is that is that a Keith? What's his name? Didn't he say it's going to be a Dandy of a time? A Dandy of Keith? What was his name? Keith. Keith, Keith Jackson. Yeah, Keith Jackson. I went blank. The only name that would come to my head was Keith Richards. <laughs> That one, right? <laughs> How do these things pop into our heads? I know it is scary. Here's our surprise faces. You ready? One, two, three. All right, <laughs> all right. So this is going to be a dandy of a ball game. I agree with that, <laughs> and I and I agree with everything you said. But to me, both offenses are going to be impressive. So whose defense can make the stops? And I think that's DJ Dirk in Texas A and I, I don't think Arkansas has shown that they can make the stops when needed. So I, I think A and M wins this game. How about you? I, I think A&M, uh, with the, the way the offense is clicking, uh, I think Arkansas is going to have a tough time. They're secondary covering uh, the receivers of A&M. Yeah, I'm going with the Aggies. The number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs <laughs> traveling down to Auburn, Alabama, where they will face the Hugh Freeze-led Auburn Tigers, who came within 18 points of beating Texas A&M last week. <laughs> Missed it by this much. <laughs> Darren, I'm going to go first. I, I think Georgia wins. Yeah. They will not be rolling Tumor's Corner this weekend. This is a Georgia win for sure. <laughs> I know it's a, it's a different word, tumors, but every time I hear tumor, I think of that line from Kindergarten Cop, you know, where Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's like, I got a headache, and the little kid says, it might be a tumor, and he goes, it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> One of the all-time great lines, by yeah. the way. <laughs> the 24th-ranked Kansas Jayhawks are traveling to Austin. In the past, they've been somewhat of Texas's nemesis, mm -hmm. but... This year, are they going to pull off the upset of the third-ranked Longhorns? What say you, Darren? You know, I said anytime you have a ranked underdog, you need to at least consider them. But that rule kind of goes out the window. Window. I don't even know what that word was. Goes out the window when they think they're playing is ranked number three in the country and is playing like Texas is playing. I, I don't. I, I give Kansas credit for the way they played, the way their season went last year, and how they've looked so far this year. They're still ranked in the top twenty-five, but this is going to be a stiff challenge compared to everything they've done up to, up until now this season. And, and Texas wins this game may even win it soundly. I think that's at least a possibility, but at least it, I know for sure they're going to win. So Texas wins this one. What do you think? I agree. I'll go with Texas. How about the 23rd ranked Missouri Tigers facing the unranked <laughs> maligned disappointing what is going on you're 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 destroying the spirit of my friend darren vanderbilt commodores yeah. oh that's very accurate i must say that's very well said Parkley, do you see what you're doing to this man exactly <laughs> he had a unlv piece of paper logo in front of the vanderbilt logo last week are you going to make me go first? <laughs> yeah, we're not, yeah. <laughs> I am going to make you go first because then I'm going to decide whether or not we need to do an intervention. 
yeah, uh, this is a Missouri win. Uh, the only category that Vanderbilt could possibly win in is interceptions thrown. Uh, you know, they may throw for three or four picks. Who knows? But this is Vanderbilt is just a their secondary is a, is an absolute mess. Offense, we we don't even know if AJ's going to play because of his arm strength. Nothing against Ken Steele's the backup quarterback. But he's the backup quarterback for a reason as a senior. So there's just not a scenario that where Missouri uh, loses this game. This is a Missouri win. Yeah, I think Missouri wins this unless somehow the Tigers morph into Ewoks and then they could be in trouble. But I think Missouri wins. Yeah, and uh, Burden, the wide receiver that you talked about earlier, he'll probably have three touchdowns and a minimum of 185 yards. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> the 13th ranked. LSU Fighting Tigers are traveling to Oxford to face the Ole Miss Rebels coming off of a disappointing showing in Tuscaloosa, 24-10 loss to <laughs> Alabama. Uh, Darren, Oops. Who, are you, who are you taking in this one? Well, you know, if there's one thing you know, it's, it's, if there's a big game, then you got to pick – got to depend on – oh, wait, no, not a chance in this world. <laughs> Even though it's in Oxford, I think this is an LSU win. Now, I think the energy of the crowd – will make it an interesting first half, especially if LSU starts slow like they did this past week. But I think even if they start slow, they can still, uh, you know, get get the Jets fired up, get out ahead of this thing, and and take take off in the second half and, and do what they need to do to be Ole Miss. I, I think this is an LSU win. It should be. I'm going to go with LSU. But I'm a little nervous because Lane Kiffin, he, he's known – for being somewhat of an, an uh, offensive genius. LSU in third down defense, I think they're ranked like 102nd. It's <laughs> horrible. Their secondary got torched by K.J. Jefferson. Guys were losing their assignments. And if that happens, I guarantee you Lane Kiffin's running that film and he's showing his guys and he's going to have something. Now, thankfully, I think Brian Kelly is going to make sure those <laughs> problems are addressed. So I'm going to go with the Tigers, the, and, and, the true Tigers. And I tell you another thing that I think will keep that from happening is uh, uh, Quinshawn Junkins. I said last week part of what made me think that that they had a shot against Alabama is that he was looking for a breakout game because he's running. He's averaging about 54 yards, I think, a game. I think he's hurt, and they're just not talking about it. I think there's a nagging hamstring. You know, some kind of lower leg soft tissue. There is something that is keeping him from getting the force that he's had, and I think that's part of why you saw Jackson Dart Dart make some of the mistakes he made last week against Alabama. I think he feels like it's a little bit more on his shoulder shoulders because the the, uh, the rushing game is is weak compared to last year. I don't think that's going to improve. So that this week, that dramatically in a week week span of time. So I think that keeps that mitigates the third down issues for the LSU defense a little bit because the offensive line is not going to open a hole. And even if they do, they don't really have anybody full strength to, to blow through the hole and get those yards on third down. So I think that'll, that'll offset a little bit and, and LSU still comes out on top. Let's move over to Matt Campbell and the Iowa state Cyclones traveling to Norman to face the 14th ranked Oklahoma Sooners, led by head coach Brent Venables. Darren, do we need to say a whole lot about this? The Sooners <laughs> are going to win. It 
not going to be close. Nope. And hopefully after this game, they will not be trying to chug Kansas Carolina chili. <laughs> Well, what would they do in Iowa? Would they eat corn? Is that what maybe? I don't know. <laughs> what, is, what kind of food is Iowa known for? Isn't that kind of like a popcorn thing? Or, or not popcorn, popcorn but corn. Popcorn. Popcorn, popcorn. <laughs> popcorn. popcorn. <laughs> do not take a jar of unpopped kernels and try to chug those. <laughs> that will not go well. Now I have a now I have dental work. <laughs> uh, you know, I said last week that I thought Oklahoma might end this season or throughout the process of the season show they're giant killers. Well, this could be a giant killing. <laughs> I think this is going to get ugly. I agree with you. This is not going to go well at all. And then an, an intriguing matchup. Mm-hmm. South Carolina is coming to Knoxville to face Tennessee, and I think Joe Milton looked pretty good the last game. Yeah. Josh Heupel is, is cor- helping correct some mistakes that they've already had, and as much as I want to say South Carolina, maybe, no. No, this is going to be a Tennessee win. Yeah. I, I, I agree completely. I, if, if this were in Columbia – and the crowd could affect the game, you might see a possibility that they at least uh, hang around long enough that you start to say, hey, could they pull this off? But I just, in Knoxville, I mean, Neyland is such a daunting, just so many things, and I'll just stick with the positive things that I I should say about them. Uh, I, I just don't see... South Carolina, I don't trust their defense enough against this Josh Heupel offense in Needland. So this is definitely a Tennessee win. Clark Lee has turned Darren into a shell <laughs> of the man he once was. He's now saying positive things about Tennessee. <laughs> I said Needland was daunting. That's very daunting. Hey, it's very positive. <laughs> The 12th-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide rolls into Starkville to face the Mississippi State Bulldogs, who put up 30 points against South Carolina, much better offensive production. Are they going to be able to do that against Alabama? Can they exceed the 10 points that Ole Miss put up against Alabama? What say you, Darren? I think this is going to be a game where Jalen Milrow gains more confidence because I don't think Mississippi State's defense can stop him. And and that's really kind of a crazy thing to say because you thought the one for sure thing going into the season was the defense would be the same, if not, you know, just as strong, if not to improvement. And they've kind of fallen off the table a little bit. I think that continues in this game. I think Alabama's momentum, Jalen Milrow's momentum continues. And even though this is in Starkville and there will be cowbells everywhere, this is an Alabama win. What do you think? I, I agree. Now that Alabama realizes that Jalen Milrow is their best mm-hmm. option at quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was important for Saban to say, this is our QB. Yeah. Because he. it's hard when you're always looking over your shoulder. Like, Absolutely. If, if I throw a pick, if I fumble, if I make a mistake, am mm-hmm. I going to get yanked? And, and so I think uh, Milrow is going to continue to get better as the season goes along. Yeah. Agree completely. So, we'd like you to join us for our CBS Sports Pick'em. You look us up on CBS Sports Bruin Shavers Pick'em, password Pick'em, one, two, three, four, exclamation. Again, if you haven't done it yet this season, you can still join in. It's all good. So, come on, be a part of the fun. Show us that you know about 
football a lot more than we do. below. That's right. <laughs> the link will be below. You click on the link in the in the show notes or in the video description and use that password. Jump right in. All you need is a perfect game, and you're getting right up there at the top. What's that sound I hear, Darren? Is that is it time for four down territory? You're in four down territory. Well, let's get right into it. Sure thing pick of the week. Darren, who is your can't miss sure thing pick for this week? Well, I, you know, I've got to go with Texas. To me, that's just a, a, a no-brainer. I don't see how – I don't see a way that that game doesn't end up being a Texas plan. So I'm going to stick with the Texas pick as my sure thing. How about you, Ben? What's your sure thing? I think that's a good pick. I love Texas Roadhouse. Good thanks. <laughs> Is that the hopping little joint down the road? Is that their slogan? I think it is. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Eli Drink Wits because of his cerebral nature and his Star Wars references. And I like to say his last name, Missouri Tigers, my sure thing pick. And they're playing Vanderbilt. So. <laughs> that, that figured into it as well. Might have a little bit to do with it. How about your upset pick? All right, my upset pick, I am going to go with with Florida. Like I said, you got a ranked dog. You got to stick with them, even if it's on the road. I think Florida pulls off the upset. How about you? I'm going with Florida as well. Oh, there you what, go. Look at that. What is this wizardry? <laughs> There's gators everywhere. My goodness. <laughs> I, I like Kentucky, and I like Mark Stoops, but I think Florida – goes in, pulls off the upset. I, I like the job that Napier's doing. Yeah, I agree completely. And that takes us to our brown bag pick from last week. Who's yours, Darren? Well, you know, and I, I know it sounds out of the conference, but Ryan Day, come on, man. You know, let Lou Holtz talk. That's what Lou Holtz does. Don't feel the need to go after him and correct it and get the last word and all that Brown bag for you, man. Lou Holtz has been talking for, I mean, what, 100, 125 years, man. Why, why did it get under your skin? Just leave it be. Move on. No need to go after him. So, so my my brown pick, brown bag pick is, is Ryan Day at Ohio State. How about you, Ben? He is trying to create a narrative, the yeah. Ohio State versus the world. Yeah. Uh, something that his players can latch on to. I'm going to. My brown bag comes from the same game, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and I alluded to it at the beginning. My brown bag is the Notre Dame coaching staff. How do you only have 10 players on the field mm -hmm. when you know if Ohio State gets in, the game's over? Yep. And not only did it happen on one play, it happened on two plays. Yep. And where did Ohio State run the ball on that game-winning touchdown? Right to the place where that 11th player should have been. In the words of the rut row shaggy. That is not a good moment. <laughs> had a whole stadium ready to erupt. The students yep. were fixing to storm the field. Probably don't say fixing in South Bend, but we say it in Louisiana. They, they were fixing. They were fixing, fixing to storm the field. 
And all of that is like the air just came out of everything. Yep. And then to realize they didn't even have the right number of players on the field. That's tough. Very much so. That's a, that's a great, great brown bag pick. That's a moment you just don't let go. <laughs> For sure. So be sure to support your coaches and remind them it's 11 players on offense and 11 on defense. How about we go to our post-game quote of the week? All right. Let's just let's, – let's see what the coach had to say, and then we can talk about it. Very good players. Kind of a silly thing. Um, on that uh, fumble return, you almost – no, you were, you almost I was on like the field. I was mad because we should have thrown a bubble screen. But anyway, I thought the ball was in front of us, and he was running around the corner. I thought the play was dead, and I was yelling at somebody else on the side, and then the ball's coming back my way. I said, dang, I mean, it ain't supposed to happen. But I, I'm lucky I didn't get ran over. Bad execution on my part. I should have got out of the way. <laughs> I, like, I like owning up to bad execution on my part. Of course, I would like to give us credit as, as the Bruin Church Sports Podcast. We did tweet that out and put that out on Instagram pretty quickly that he just showed no form. You know, his feet weren't set. He didn't have his hips low enough. Uh, he didn't move toward the player. He, you know, he obviously got juked and wasn't following the guy's stomach. I mean, there were a lot of things wrong with the form there. It's, I guess he hadn't played um, defense probably since high school. So, but uh, I, I love the fact that he can at least joke about it. That, that was fun. It was obvious he had no business being on the field. <laughs> oh, on many levels. <laughs> Great post-game quote of the week. Thanks, Darren. Thank you for watching or listening. Thank you for being a part of this show. Make sure you uh, join us in our sports pick'em. We'd love to have you uh, be a part of that each week. Make sure Absolutely. also, it would, it would mean a lot to us if you would subscribe. Uh, to our YouTube channel, subscribe to us on Spotify, to like and to comment on the shows. Uh, it doesn't have to be a, a positive comment. You might have heard something that we got wrong. Call us out on it. Mm -hmm. Let us know. And remember that new episodes drop every Tuesday, early, early in the morning, 6 a.m. You may not be up that early, but that's okay. You can listen. You can watch. Whatever time's convenient for you. Mm -hmm on whatever podcast platform, or if you prefer to YouTube, you can catch us anywhere. That's right. So thanks again for being part of the show. Until next week, y'all take care. Have a great week. Thank you for making the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast your go-to sports show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show if you haven't already. Your feedback is so important. Let us know what you think about this week's show. Send an email to brewandshavers at gmail.com or a text to our text line 318-390-3599. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for listening to the Brew and Shavers Sports Podcast. See you next week.